Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everybody to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. My name is Julie Keys, and I am going to be your guest today on my show. We're going to be talking today with Bob Sansevier, my producer, and he's going to be talking with me and asking me some questions about my latest edition of Poised for Exit. Yes, we just published the second edition, and I'm so excited to talk about it today. But before we do that, we're going to hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ordinarily, Julie Keys starts off this segment, but because she is also the guest today, I will start it off. I'm Bob Sansevier. And Julie, uh, let me start off by as asking this. This is the second edition of Poised for Exit is out. Mm -hmm. And the first edition I know has been very popular. Virtually every guest you have on talks about, oh, I loved your book. They all read the book. What is different in this edition that has been changed or updated from the first edition? Good question. Um, actually, I didn't even know it was going to be a second edition until my publisher said, well, you've made enough changes that we're going to call this a second edition. I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm good with that. Um, I, I had the cover redesigned and a kind of cool story about the cover redesign. My son's girlfriend is a graphic designer and we were talking one day, you know, we were just kind of hanging out and I looked at some of the things that she had in her art gallery online and and her name is Brittany. And I said, Brittany, geez, I would love it if you would just take a stab at, at, at doing the design of my book cover. And she said, I'd love to do that. And so one thing led to another. And this is what she came up with. And everyone loves it. So we did that. Um, I also have a couple new sponsors in the book that I haven't had before. A couple law firms that I'm going to talk about in the show today. One is Dunlap Seeger out of Rochester. And another firm is Best and Flanagan in Minneapolis. Um, we also changed up, I should say, I changed up a couple of my checklists after some of the chapters in the book as well. So we did have quite a few updates to it. It's, well, it's, look, yeah. let me just note that I love the, it's clean. Yeah. By that, I mean, it's not, as a matter of fact, I've wanted to write and I've written some books. I would do something similar because I'm not a big fan of, I think the whole thing with a ton of artwork, it's like from a bygone era. Yeah. People want to see what the name of the book is. And it just has a really clean feel to it. And I, I really like this 
and what your potential daughter-in-law did, or is that a yeah. is that in the mix? You never know. Well, I'm sure you're a big fan of hers after this. I am. <laughs> now you have on it. Now it's called a woman's a woman entrepreneur's guide to business transition, poised for exit. Mm-hmm. Why not just an entrepreneur's? Why a woman entrepreneur's? Obviously, thought went into that. Much thought. Mm-hmm. I really did debate that a few years ago when I first started writing the book, and I was relating um, exit planning to my own story, right? I had my own exit, and, and I was thinking to myself, well, how is, how is exit planning even, is it different for women than men? And I thought about my own situation, and the answer to that is yes, it is different. It's different in many intangible ways, quite frankly, and I talk about that a lot in the book, not just my own story, but the stories of many of my clients who are either were um, women solo, you know, owners or partners or married and their spouses, you know, they owned the business together. Um, And then I did some research. I did a lot of research, actually, on women entrepreneurs, especially in the United States, and how little they are paid attention to. In, really? in yeah, in every category, there is no book ever written for one for a for a woman business owner like a woman entrepreneur like this out there. I did all the research, couldn't find anything. I found plenty of books on exit planning, but nothing that addressed women really? entrepreneurs. Well, but also I think it's important to note if a man with a business calls you, you're not going to hang up on him. Oh no, no most it, of my clients are men. I know that, but that's important. Well, yeah. it's just for it's not just for women. No, but it, the way to, it's a woman entrepreneur. You're the woman entrepreneur. It's coming from a woman's guy. perspective. Yes, and okay, that's important. but the process of exit planning, planning is the same whether it's for a woman or a man doesn't matter. In fact, I got to tell you, uh, the vast majority of the people who've read this book, at least the ones I know of who've made comments on it, are men. And uh, I just wrote it from a woman's perspective. There are some nuances in the book that relate to women entrepreneurs. And, you know, um, it's a demographic that's just so neglected. It's it's really disgusting. Well, it's great honest. that, I mean, you've done that and uh, from yeah. the, that perspective and your perspective. Yeah. Now, I many, many months ago, I asked you this, but I want to, I didn't ask, I asked you the first question, but not the follow-ups. What is, if there is an ideal time to start planning to exit your business, mm-hmm. how many years is it? It's not, people may think it's months. It's not, it's years, right? Well, the rule of thumb really, um, you know, remember when we had Diane Ross Hansen on the yes. show a couple weeks ago, you know, she and I were kind of batting the ball back and forth talking about that. And if it's going to be an internal transfer where you've got it, you're selling to a management team or family member, uh, people that need to be groomed, generally you need more ramp up time. You know, you need seven years. Really? Yeah, five years would be the minimum. But, you know, the rule of thumb, especially with organizations like the Family Business Center here in um, Minneapolis-St. Paul, they say 10 years for an internal transfer. Be- just to be have time to be able to, you know, pass the baton properly, right? And then for an external where you're selling to a third party, then you can usually wrap up things in two to three years. All right. Now, you mentioned 10 years, and I'll, I'll get to the shorter one, too, because you started to tell me, I so said, wait, you got to tell this on the air. But what is the longest amount of time you've actually had someone come to you? Have you had many 10, 15-year-plus? I mean, it almost seems like when you start the business, you should start planning on exiting. Well, you kind of do have to have an end game, right? I mean, that makes a lot of difference when you're starting. When you're starting a business, if you know that your your your, your goal is to build a legacy, then that's going to change the way that you run the business, make decisions, you know, how you grow the business, right? But if your goal is to grow it and sell it, just like, remember the gals we talked to, the tequila company? That's what their goal is. Grow it big 
and sell it in less than five years. That was their goal. Well, and I, and so yeah, I mean, if planning with the end in mind, if 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 you care about the end, you know, some people think they're going to die with their boots on, and that's okay too. Well, you mentioned that, and where I have my studio, there are neighbors of mine in this building. They started a business with the sole intent of selling it, and a few years ago they started and they sold it. Now they're they've been retained to run the business. Sure. So I mean, a lot of people do go with that in mind. They do. Now I'm going to go to the shortest because you started to tell me, and I'm laughing a little because it sounds like a great story. Uh, not two years, not three years. We're talking matter of months, right? Yeah. If that. So please explain what you can about that one because that that must have been a challenge for you. Well, it was. Yeah. Uh, this is a few years ago now, more than a few years ago, but I got a call um, from somebody who had hung on to a business card of mine for a couple of years, right? I, he he met me at a, a workshop. We yeah. were doing an exit planning seminar, and he calls me up, and he tells me his name, and, and he says, do you remember meeting me? And I said, well, I don't, but you know, it's been a couple of years. And he said, well, I have to tell you, I'm ready now. I said, oh, okay, well, good, good for you. He said, yeah, and this was in October, okay? Yeah. He said, well, we can get this done in a couple months, right? I said, well... <laughs> he wanted it done by the end of the year? He wanted it Christmas? done by the end of the year. He did, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, well, there's a few holidays in there, yeah. Halloween. I know, right? <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, and plus he had a vacation planned in between. Oh. <laughs> I know. And and so, well, I, I met with him and his wife, and they'd been running the business for a long time, and then after we talked for a while, um, he came to realize that that wasn't realistic. You know, and so he gave he gave it six months. He said, "Let's try and get this done in six months." Well, let's just fast forward and say it took just about two years. Really? Mm-hmm. And yeah. He, he obviously was okay with that. He didn't. He when he called you, he didn't have a buyer for the business or a transition plan of how, who would take over. He had an idea of wow. that he wanted to sell it to someone internally, and and he ended up doing that, but not just that person. There ended up being two buyers. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he explored. He explored third-party sale because one of his buyers was starting to get kind of cold feet, you know, about thinking about, I'm going to be borrowing millions of dollars. This is a scary thing, right? Yep. Um, and he qualified and everything. And he had a rich father-in-law who was going to, you know, pony up on a lot of the down payment. Um, but it still really scared him. How often, because so. uh, you've done many, many um, exit plans for people. Is there, I, I don't know if it's none, but, or have you had any or what, percentage have actually gotten to the process and they decided, I'm really not ready to sell. I thought I was, but I'm not. Does that happen? Or has it not happened with uh, with the clients you've had? Because they were fixed in the thought, I want to be done. I think that's a, that's a really good question. And I've run into various derivatives of that, okay? Where it, I've, I've never had a situation where they got so close to the closing that they backed out. But I know that that does happen. My job, though, as an exit planner is to make sure that that doesn't happen. I have to make sure that my client is educated enough so that they don't derail their own transaction, okay? I have had it happen to one of my clients when they were trying to acquire three times in a row. They were trying to acquire another business, and three times the seller backed out because they got scared. Different sellers. Three different sellers. Oh, my God. What are the odds of that? I know. Well, you know why? Because they didn't understand what they were getting into. They were all delusional about what the value of their business was, and they had no next act. Nothing was planned they hadn't talked on to what you they were going to do. Someone, yeah. yeah. And they didn't have their lifestyle figured out. They realized, oh, my gosh, no, I have no paycheck. I mean, you know, all of those things start to come to fruition and, you know, reality, right? Once you go start going through the process and they all backed out. Have you had um, instances where it's a partnership and one partner 
wants to do it more than the other, and the other winds up just buying them out after thinking they'd both get out. Yes. I'm guessing that's a challenge, a very challenging. Yes. That's the most challenging thing you face, partnerships. I think partnerships are harder than marriage. Really? I do. Business ones. Yeah, I, I especially when um, the partnership wasn't set up properly from the get-go. Um, when one partner does more than the other, it's always it seems like that's always the saga, right? Yep. Um, I lived that myself. Um, a couple different times, you know, you'd think I would have learned the first time. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, it helps me as an advisor an because I, I can empathize. Right. And yeah. and I, here's what not to do. Uh, talk about that in the book a lot too, but yeah, yeah. The, uh, all of the, all of the above. Is there, well, I'm sure there is, but what is the most common thread that you find that, uh, the person or people who want to exit, they they just are surprised that this is one of the things they have to touch on. Is there a few things in it that you could give an example that you they're flabbergasted or just don't realize that this is what they have to do? Uh, I don't know if it has to do with setting up something financial or emotionally. If they started the business, that's got to be tough for a lot of them. And that's really what I was going to say. That kind of hits the nail on the head right there. Um, they don't realize how how much of an emotional decision it is. And, and it's a process, right? So, so at first, there, there's fear, right? Maybe a little bit of denial. I mean, it's almost like you're going through the emotions of a loss, right? Of a death. It is a loss, though. It is. It is a loss. And, and it's a bigger loss if you have nothing to look forward to afterwards. It doesn't mean that you have to stop working. doesn't mean that you have to sell all of the business. I mean, there are so many different ways to, to structure a transition for a business owner. And so many times... Unfortunately, business owners think it's got to be all or nothing. If I'm selling, I'm out. And no, you don't have to be. There's ways that we could work that out where you don't have to be if you really want to stay involved and you just want to reduce your responsibility and your liability. Do many of them say, I want to essentially be on the payroll for a while or I want to be there as an advisor? Mm-hmm. Or do what is 50% or when you go to the 50-50, do more want to be involved after a sale or volunteer to be or do more just want to have a clean break and walk um most of them either want to be or need to be involved Mm -hmm. okay at least for a short time but if you're the buyer you'd think you would want that as well right it depends on the business and and it depends on the buyer how big the buyer is i mean with the workforce the way things are today right bringing in other key leaders at this time is kind of challenging anyway so if you already have key people including one of the owners um willing to stay on and help um, acclimate yep. or, or run the business even, you know, like if I'm an acquirer and I own several other businesses, I'm interested in buying your business, um, but I don't have anybody on my bench right now that can run the business and I don't plan to take your business and roll it into another one. Maybe I do. Yes. I mean, it depends, right? Sometimes it's going to be a roll up and sometimes it's not. If it's not and we're going to leave it freestanding, somebody's got to run it, Yeah. right? And I would prefer to have somebody run it who knows what they're doing. And even if you're taking all of your chips off the table, maybe we could work something out. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit on you. You are a author, a consultant, and a podcast host. And they all absolutely tie in. Totally. And they all overlap where you're dealing with a lot of the same people. I mean, many of your guests are people who either have or will it one day need to to exit. So, I mean, you is there is there anything left for you to do to promote that or, or keep some of these people, you know, author, consultant, podcast host, what else is there that you are down the road in your long-range planning for yourself, not to exit, but to expand mm-hmm. and get the word out about what you do? 
Well, I think we talked about this before, but maybe not. Um, I have just completed the production of online courses for business owners. And I'm in the throes right now of selling licenses to to one in particular that is for business owners who just need to know uh, the basics about exit planning, right? So the the goal is not just to to educate the business owner, but it's, it's to help the advisor out there who's trying to figure out how to get the word out to their database, and they just don't have the bandwidth, um, and they just don't have the spiel. You know, they just want their clients to be ready and and feel compelled to get the process started, but they need to help them somehow. And so that's what this course was designed for. It 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 tells you okay. Why is exit planning important? Who needs to be involved? What do I have to do to prepare myself and my business? And then what can I do right now to get started? How do I assemble a team? Those are all the things that are a part of this course. I'm really excited about it. And you, the course, obviously, I mean, you'll, you'll give an, an, a way that people can find any one of the book, the course. And also, uh, I've been talking to this uh, about this since you started to, you know, and you do have a great sponsor, but to get more sponsors because... Sponsors, I think they need to realize, and I do this too with my own show, that there's a benefit for them to sponsor beyond people hearing their name. It gets the word out more about them and just mm-hmm. it promotes the heck out of them. So, I mean, that's something also you're, you know, I'll, I'll put a plug in for you. If you are looking to be a sponsor of a, of a, a show like this, a great show where, you know, it, it deals with a lot of businesses, this is a great opportunity, right? It really is. And um, I haven't been pushing the sponsorship opportunity like I should be because I've just been so busy with so many other projects. But, you know, for the listeners out there who are, um, you know, interested in learning about sponsorship, I got to tell you, it's amazing to me how many people have written new business as being a part of this show, whether they're a guest or a sponsor or both. Um, You don't always hear Right. You don't always hear what, what comes out of, of, of some of this. And it, it, it's only from what people have shared with me, right? I, oh, yeah, we got new clients out of that or whatever. And that's just from being a guest. From being a guest or being but a sponsor. But imagine if you're a sponsor and you're on yeah. every week. Yeah, way better as a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more to there's it. There's no question. Sure. And I'm sure that you would, uh, you know, you would do the heck of, of uh, promoting them, which is important. Well, it's not just like a radio spot. When you think about... Like, say, for instance, the Sunbelt. Let's just take Sunbelt for an example because they're such a good supporter of the show and my book. Uh, they are in my book, and they're on the show. And so the podcast episode lives forever. It's not like here today, gone tomorrow, right? If you miss the show, you miss the show. No. You can always go and download it, right? And, and, same, and, and then the same with the book. Um, the book lives forever, Right. And so anything that that's in the book will, you know, that, that benefits my sponsors is going to benefit them for a long, long time. Yes. Right. Same as as, you know, the, the tools that are in the book are also on my website. And then the people who are sponsoring the show are also listed on my website. Every marketing piece and email that we ever send out has, you know, um, features our sponsors. Which so. is, is terrific. Now, I'm going to turn it's things, a ton of marketing. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to turn things back over to you so you could let people know how they can get the book, where they can find the podcast, where they can, well, basically, and you're also what you're offering, your online service, where they go to get all of this. I think that um, you could just go to the Poised for Exit website, poisedforexit.com. So just check that out. Um, check out the episodes. Check out the um, the sponsor tags and the tools for download. I think that would be a great place to start. And then call me. Let's talk. What number should they call? 763 350 5563. 
Well, Julie, I got to tell you, I enjoy listening to interview others, but I certainly enjoyed interviewing you. Thanks. Because you're you're a good interview uh, host. <laughs> you don't you don't hem and haw, and you get right to the point, which is is wonderful. Now, do you want me to wrap this up? You, it's your show. You should wrap it up. Hmm. Let's see. How do I wrap up this show? Um, first of all, I would like to thank the folks that have been so good at supporting and helping to promote this show and to promote my book, people like Sunbelt Business Advisors, Dunlap Seeger Law Firm. I'm so excited. They're going to be on the show coming up here early April. Um, David Peterson is going to be sharing some stories, and we're going to talk about collaboration on the legal end, especially in estate planning. And then we're going to have... um, uh, Josh Bobich is going to be on from Best and Flanagan, and Best and Flanagan is also a supporter of the book, and he's going to be a guest on my show coming up next week. And then I also want to acknowledge you, Bob, for producing my show. You do such a great job. Um, I love how you, you know, you got such a great professional style, and I really appreciate that. And then my publisher, Indie Publishing International, my assistant, Heather. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm at the Grammys right now, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, JAK CPAs and you know, Kyla and Village Bank and Alicia Webb and Baker Tilly and all those wonderful people, too. All right, Julie, it was a pleasure not, at interviewing you and, and chatting with you today. Thanks, Bob. And remember, poiseforexit.com is the website to go to. Julie, without me, we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>